Everybody, welcome to the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at wintrust.com slash cubsweekly. And as a reminder, we're available on all podcast platforms, so be sure to rate and subscribe. I'm Andy Martinez, joined by Tim Sevens, Marquee Sports Network contributor, contributor excuse me, and MLB.com writer. Uh, so we recorded a podcast with Dexter Fowler, and that we'll get to that a little bit later. It was recorded before Thursday's finale in Washington. And as the game was going on, there was reports by Jeff Passan and others that the Cubs are calling up Matt Mervis. So Tim and I got back together and, and we're recording this podcast again uh, a little bit after the news broke and, and we're talking all about Matt Mervis. I guess, Tim, what was your first reaction when you heard the news that, that the Cubs are reportedly calling him up to the majors? Cubs Twitter can take it easy for a second, yes. take a deep breath. Uh, I don't know if I said this to you, I think maybe beforehand, but I feel like every day when I've gone on Twitter without fail, off day or not for the Cubs, Mervis pops up on my trends and sure. on the right side. And yeah. it's like thousands of people are tweeting Matt Mervis. Um, and this is something that fans have been looking for for a while. And I think it's something that in this season we expected at some point. Um, and it's finally here one month into the season, uh, this this guy who obviously has had quite a calendar year in the minor leagues. Yeah, and, and want to preface it by saying, too, like, we, we don't know the corresponding move right now. So, like, we we know Matt Mervis is up. We don't know what the corresponding move will be. They have 26 guys on the on the 26-man roster, so there will have to be some sort of roster move made. There's an open 40-man spot, so you would think he would just take up that, that open 40-man spot, and, and, and there's – they don't necessarily have to make a 40-man move. But, again, this is, we're all we're getting way ahead of ourselves in terms of that. We, we don't know. We probably won't know until at least Friday's opener when he's reported to uh, to make his, his, his uh, big league team. debut or join the team. Yeah. Um, I guess, Tim, you mentioned his meteoric, like his meteoric rise through the system. Excuse me. That was a mouthful. but That's a hard word. It is a really hard <laughs> word. I, 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 overbit, I bit more, more than I can chew off. But, um, slashing 305, 383, and, a fi- and 599 with 42 home runs <laughs> and 146 RBI and 161 games over the last two years. I mean, that's like insane. WRC plus weighted runs created of weighted runs created plus of 153. Like, what? Like, this is kind of what the Cubs are kind of missing right now, right? In a, in a lot of sense, or at least that's what you're hoping you're getting in, in terms of what you're missing. Well, I think going into the season. The power department is one area with the offense. You perhaps looked and said maybe they don't have enough there. We knew the, the lineup could put the ball in play. And then in terms of power, there were some questions, you know, with like what does Cody Bellinger do? Um, Trey Mancini is someone who has some pop, but like, you know, that was a, perhaps what do you see? What do you get out of him? Is he a 30 home run guy like he was a few years ago or maybe somewhere in the middle? We know they lost uh, Wilson Contreras as a free agent, and he was a top power guy for them a year ago. This was a guy then going in when you said, based on what we've done in the minor leagues, if that kind of profile, we don't know what he's going to be in you know, a 500 plate appearance sample size, but like you knew he has pop in his bat, and if it could translate to the big leagues, especially from the left side of the plate, that'd be huge for this team. Um, again, we don't know how it translates, but the profile, I think adding that to the lineup, you like that a lot. And I think the big thing for me when when calling him up, and, and again, we still don't know exactly how they're gonna, the Cubs are exactly going to use him, but just given his, his makeup and, and what we know about him, you'd think it'd be some sort of platoon role with Trey Mancini at first base. And if that's the case, I think that's the best. I mean, they already gave him a little bit of a soft landing in terms of waiting to call him up a month into the season, but I think it's also a little bit of a soft landing given the sense, like, if they face a tough lefty, like, Matt Mervis doesn't 
doesn't necessarily have to play. And you don't have to have him face up in a matchup that, you know, he might go over four with four strikeouts. Like, that doesn't benefit him. That doesn't benefit the Cubs. So Trey Mancini having that, having that leverage of being able to use Trey Mancini in that spot is huge, in my opinion, that it allows Mervis some, some, some growth opportunities. And we kind of seen it with Patrick Wisdom, right, where, it's like, in 2022, he had to play every single day just given the roster buildup. He had to play every single day. He had to hit every single day good matchup or bad matchup he was playing every single day and and it it wasn't the best version of Patrick Wisdom and now this year we're seeing him and he's hitting a lot of home runs he's hitting a little bit for average he's playing pretty good defense and and the matchups are right for him and he's hitting all the way down in the eighth spot in the lineup like I think there's a potential for Matt Murris to like kind of be in a similar mold where the Cubs can use him when they know he can be successful and who knows it might come this weekend at Wrigley Field against the Marlins yeah I will say though I think by this move you're, I think the him and Christopher Morrell and fans' eyes, they were in the same boat where fans have been kind of pining for both to get called up. And I think at least with Morrell, you look at it like you don't, you don't want to call him up if you can't get him consistent yeah. playing time. I think Mervis, frankly, is in a similar boat, and I don't think they're going to call him up and not play him yeah. consistently enough. And I think with him, the difference is, I think you're right, with first base as a lefty bat, him and Mancini, there's an option there to – kind of split playing time, but there's also the designated hitter. Yeah. And, and uh, that's that opens up at-bats for him. And I don't, I just don't think, you know, if it's a very tough lefty, I can definitely see, like, yeah, maybe this is a, is a good day to get you a day off. But, right. like, and the Cubs, frankly, too, with their roster, they have a lot of pieces that are kind of interchangeable is not the word, but the flexibility gives you different lineup options, right? You can move Wisdom to first base. You can move Mancini to right field to give, say, a down. Like, yes, to your point, they you can move – pieces around right so I think there's a lot of options here but I think at the end of the day with Mervis by calling him up he's not going to call up get caught up and play twice a week there's this you're going to see you want to see what you have in him this guy is yeah. already what 25 years old you know right. he's been minors for only a couple of years but he was a college guy when they they landed him in 2020 he's here now see what he can do throw him in there yeah I mean that that's the thing is like you can speculate all you want and and yes it's triple a so then so the numbers aren't going to like I, I don't think he's going to hit 40 home runs in 161 I mean I'd never say never right but it, but again to the point that we're that I'm trying to make is like you don't know until you put him in there right like you don't know if someone can sink or swim until you throw him in the water and then you know this is kind of for lack of a better term like they're throwing him in the water and they're going to see what Matt Mervis can do and you know the hope is that he can he, he can hit for some power and provide some some solid at-bats from from the left-handed side that they've been needing but yeah like to your point on Morel Morel's the other one that everyone's been talking about like the the way the lineup is constructed right now, and the way the roster is constructed, if Morrell were up on the in the big leagues, he wouldn't be playing every day. I don't think like, or, or he wouldn't even be playing regularly because he's he's not playing at third base. He's definitely not playing at short or second, and he's not playing in the outfield. So that's just limiting his at bats. Where at least right now in AAA, he's getting every day at bats. He's getting every day games. He's working on some of the things that really struggled. He's really struggled with in the majors. He struck out a lot in the second half of twenty twenty two. This year, he what was worrisome about his start for me was he was striking out a lot. Lately, he's been striking out a lot less and less. So, like, he's, he's starting to identify his pitches. He's starting to hit better, and he's striking out less, which I think is a good sign. So, I think keeping him down there and keeping him, allowing him to develop is, is also good. And, and I think you see that the, the Cubs are willing to, to, to make the promotion when they feel like the guy's ready and can contribute, and, and that's what they believe in Matt Mervis right now. Yeah, and I think with Morrell, the big thing, like you said, when when they're able to contribute, and that's that's not a one-way street that goes for not only what the player can bring, but to what they're doing, but yeah. how they can fit on the roster and the pieces you have. 
I think with Mervis though, like like he is twenty five. That's like what we said. Um, he was somebody. I know he was undrafted in twenty twenty because that that draft was obviously shortened to five rounds because of the the pandemic. But I remember Dan Kantrovich said last summer after the twenty two MLB draft, Mervis was someone. This is when Mervis was really rising up. Mervis was someone the Cubs targeted as a round three to five uh, talent. And yeah. for the Cubs, like they got they they got almost fortunate that he didn't get drafted by anybody. They didn't and, take him. And, and I want to point out really quick to, before you continue, like 2020 COVID pandemic, so it was a five-round draft. So three to five, that's, you know, in any other draft, like that's the back end of, of the draft. Like that, that's not a priority necessarily to draft. Right. And uh, he, correct me if I'm wrong, it was the Cubs and the Yankees were two teams interested in Mervis. I believe, yeah. Yeah, there was multiple teams, but I remember David Ross even called Matt Mervis because it was, it was like college recruiting in the sense that like, as yeah. soon as the draft is over, like guys that weren't drafted, you can call them. Ben Leeper was another guy that they draft that was undrafted that they signed that they were really high after. So it was like a lot. Like, here's our pitch. Here's why we believe. And and Matt Mervis, you know, chose chose the Cubs, and and the Cubs are hopeful that you know he made the right decision. Yeah, my whole point on saying all that too is just like you know undrafted, and we we've been both saying this right here right now. We were saying let's see how the production looks in the big leagues, but at the, at the same time, like. He's someone who had a lot of pedigree in that draft. And in yeah. 2021, that was a strange season. A lot of guys uh, didn't play in 2020 in the minor leagues, obviously, because the it was the minor league season was canceled. So he had a slow first season in 2021. But since then, he's been really good. And he had some pedigree as a draft prospect where I don't want to – with any prospect, you don't want to put too high expectations from the get-go. That's not fair. But you also, for him, I don't want to downplay his numbers in the minor leagues and what he's done. Like, right. there's something there that's really been impressive, and now it's time to see what he can do in the major leagues. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is, like, you know, prospects – Some a lot of people refer to prospects as lottery tickets, right? Yeah. Like, you don't know what you're going to get. The Cubs are hey, – it's time to find out what, what they got, and, and they're hopeful Matt Mervis is something. And, and he got a little bit of taste this, this spring, obviously, playing – uh, at the WBC with Team Israel, he played some of the best pitching in, in the Dominican Republic and Venezuela and Puerto Rico, like really, really top arms. And then he was in, in big league camp with the with the Cubs, and you know he got to learn from Eric Hosmer, he got to learn from Trey Mancini. He was around some of these big leaguers that, like, I, I, you can't quantify those things, but those are real things of like, hey, this is what it's like in the major leagues. This is what you can kind of look forward to when you get to the major leagues. And now he's going to get that 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 chance, and he's still going to get to learn from those guys. Yeah, obviously too. So it's it's not a, you know, what is the Theo Epstein phrase that everyone likes to say? Like progression is not, or, or development is not linear. Right. So like, yeah, yeah, it's not. He he hasn't gotten to the major leagues, and this this is over. Like, there's still going to be some growing pains. There's going to be you know, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. We saw it with Morel last year. I think that's a good example where he started off so hot, then he struggled, and and now we're seeing him kind of on the up and up. With Matt Mervis, I think there's potential for it to be really, really good. But there also be some struggles, and, and that's that's not to be unexpected of, of literally anyone. Like, I mean, the best players struggle all the time. So I think it's fair to say that for Matt Mervis, we'll see some some ups and we'll see some downs. But the Cubs are hopeful that the ups are going to be pretty pretty good. Yeah, and I would think that's a, a good point uh, that you're saying. It's like what needs to be clear is this is not this is not a one one stop stop shop to fix the Cubs yeah. offense or to to give the Cubs offense what it needs, right? Like one player doesn't do that. One promotion doesn't do that, but yep. he can certainly help. And like we keep saying, it's time to find out. Um, time for the next challenge for him, frankly. Yeah. Like last year he played in three minor league levels and he's continued to hit. He carried over what he did in AAA to end 2022 to this season. So now it's another time for another challenge 
and I think it's exciting for Cubs fans and uh, the organization too to get another homegrown player up here. Yeah, it'll be it's going to be an exciting weekend series against the Marlins. Obviously, Matt Mervis, you can catch it all on Marquee Sports Network. But you're also you've also got the Cardinals after that with Wilson Contreras back in town. So it's going to be an exciting homestand, and and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to this interview that you guys will get to listen to right now with Dexter Fowler and Tim and I. We we again we chatted with him prior to the Thursday's game, and, and we're chatting now during Thursday's game. Um, and, and we'll hear more about it after commercial break from, from our sponsor, Wintrust. You've got the jersey, the ball cap, the foam finger. Everyone can see you're a Chicago Cubs fan from a mile away. Ready to take your look to the next level? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. With no monthly fees, free ATMs nationwide, and a $300 bonus when you open your account. Start showing your Cubs pride with every purchase. Sign up at Wintrust.com slash Cubs. Only $100 required to open. No monthly minimum balance and no monthly maintenance fees. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. We got a special guest, Dexter Fowler. Dex? I don't know if I'm that special. I mean, <laughs> one of us has a ring here, so I think that's pretty special. That's true. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's it's enough to call call you special. Thanks for joining us, man. No, thanks for having me, for sure. Um, so we, we want to talk about the Cubs. Started started a good April, then a tough road stretch. Just early on, Dex, I'll, I'll open it to you too, Tim, but I'll start with Dex. What have you thought of this team? Like, what has been your general consensus of the team? Uh, I like the pedigree of the team. The um, I, I think uh, everybody goes through. That's why you play 162 games. Everybody goes through a little slide, but especially on the road, you know, you, you, if it's a long road trip and, and you're coming off the might meet a hot team or even those teams that you're supposed to beat, you, you, you just don't get it done. But um, like I said, it's a long season. Yeah, we're recording this right before Thursday's finale against the Nationals. So, uh, like we said, a, a tough road trip. But, but Tim, what have you thought of, of the team? What have you seen um, a, a, in this 15-15 and 15 start so far? Uh, I think you like the rotation. I mean, I think the rotation, going in, you knew the pitching, the defense, I was going to be their, their kind of their calling cards. And I think after Stroman Steele, you know, in the rotation early on, it was having some hiccups. But I think uh, as the month went on, you've seen the Smileys and Tyon before he went on the IL had a good start. West Nesky, they've, they've kind of come into form a little bit, which is nice to see. And, and we know the offense has had, you know, honestly a good month compared to maybe what some people perhaps thought it would be. But um, pitching overall, that's the big thing to me. And I think after a little bit of a slow start, uh, it's kind of been a little bit more as advertised. Yeah, and the power has been there, which was not a calling card for this team, right? Like everyone thought, like, where's the power going to come from? Patrick Wisdom's got 11 home runs, was tied for the major league lead in home runs. But Dex, from their approach, from from their at-bats that, that you've seen, like offensively, have have what they've done been a surprise to you? Like has this been kind of better than expected? Oh, uh, we knew they were going to put the ball in play. I mean, up and down the lineup, they put the ball in play. Um, obviously, Wiz has the pop and and – you know, some of those guys like obviously Dansby and but just stretching out the lineup up and down the lineup, the, the dudes are going to put balls in play. So sometimes you put balls in play and there's no shift. You're, you're, you're good money. Yeah. And that, that's that's been impressive. You mentioned it too, like the, the offense, like what for you has been the encouraging sign that like this can be sustainable? Like what do you think has been the, the facet that you're like, OK, I think this is why they can do this over 162? I think they've gotten just contributions from some guys that perhaps you knew some things have to go their way. Like, you know, Hap, Suzuki would hope, Swanson, like those kind of guys, Nico. But Cody Bellinger, like if, if that guy, what he's done, if you get that over 162, that's huge for your lineup, right? I mean, let's think about it. Dude's MVP. 
Yeah, right. the dude's an MVP. I mean, he just needed, I, for me, he just needed a change in scenery. Yeah. Like, I, I, I talked to him in spring training, and, you know, just his mindset, it, it was totally different. It was, it was refreshing to hear and see his mannerisms and, and, and to talk to him. And, and um, he's back to, I feel like he's back to his old Cody Bellinger. And, and like you mentioned uh, in in spring training uh, on one of our Cubs 360 shows, you mentioned he's got that like MVP pedigree back. He's got that swagger back. Yeah. Like the way he carries himself. I thought the biggest thing for me, there was an at-bat in this national series where he swung and missed and went on one knee. And like that's the first time as a Cub that I've seen that him do that. That's been the biggest thing for me is his approach at the plate where he's not taking those big swings. I think the last two years when he was in L.A., you saw a lot of those down on one knees or swinging at a ball and the, and the others dug out. Like, what have you seen just in his approach and what he's doing that um, that makes you think that this is sustainable? Uh, he's taking – he's take, he's. you can tell a lot by a guy by his takes. And, sure. I mean, his takes are, you know, there's not like he's one to swing. I mean, if you look at the Dodgers, like – it was a lot of half swings, a lot of like unsure of itself. Like he's taking them with conviction. Like, and, and that right there tells you a lot. And and the lefty lefty at bats too have been impressive. I mean, he's got, had a couple homers on lefties. Like he's having some success against lefties. Yeah, and like I said, the guy's gonna have like, if you're in playing in L.A. and they're doubting you, it's it's tough to play there. I, I played. I mean, I played at in St. Louis, and they when they hated me, and it was just like you sit there and it's like, well. You know, anything you do was never going to be good enough, right? right. So then you, you kind of get down on yourself, and then you get, you know, maybe a change in scenery, and you get kind of a, whoa, this is this is way better. Like, okay, I'm, I'm back to being me. They let me be me. I can go play and have fun. I'll add to that, too. Like, I know not just April, we'll say up until entering this Thursday uh, series finale, his walk rate, 9.3, that'd be his best since in a full season, the MVP year 2019. His K rate is 17.8. His career high is 16.4. So that's back down. And his WAR, Fangraphs, 1.4. Last year he was 1.8 for the full season. So I think you're seeing some of those underlying numbers with his approach, where he's drawing more walks, he's striking out less. And we know the the service numbers, the average on base and uh, slugging percentage are looking really good. Yeah, yeah. I, I I said in the beginning, I said this dude's gonna have a good year. Bottom line. And, and Everybody doubted me. Oh no, he's not the same, Cody Bell. Okay, get him out of the get him out of the L.A. when when they were down him and he really lost his confidence. And then you get him here. I mean, I could see like when I played against him, like when Cody was Cody, he was walking up to the plate with like a with like a or like a bounce, and I'm like, oh, this dude's about to do some like he's he's going to do something, right? Yeah. And then the fir- the last few years, I saw him walk up to the plate and it was just like, I gotta go hit like. Yeah. It was not that, and you could see that back. I could see that in spring training. Whether he was getting hits or not, that confidence takes you a long way. Yeah, I was going to ask more about the confidence because, like, it's simple from an outsider's perspective, right, to think, like, oh, like, you are an MVP. Like, just think like that. Like, why isn't it so – why isn't it just as easy as that? And, like, how like how difficult is it to try and get back from a, in a mental standpoint to that level? I would tell I – would, I would say it like this. Like, as a, as a, as a ball player – if the fans loved you and everybody loved you all the time, I guarantee you'd play a lot better. Yeah. Right. If they hate, I mean, if they're, or if the organization, like, I remember I was struggling when I first got to Chicago and I was punching out on ball, on like literally balls. Right. Yeah. I punched out like 19 times looking on balls. Yeah. And um, in the first half of the season. And Joe called me in his office and Joe goes, hey, Dex. 
Don't worry about anything. Every day you're going to be in here, you're going to hit lead off. You're going to, you know, I don't care how bad you're doing. You're going to hit lead off. You're going and that confidence right there, him having that, and you just go in every day and like, hey, I got nothing to worry. Like, all the outside stuff messes with your game, right? Sure. When you were in Little League, you didn't have any of that. Yeah. So you just go play. You go play and you go win. And you come home and you get your little, you know, your little snack and you're having <laughs> fun, right? Yeah. But there's uh, everything outside, all the all the outside variables and influence that that really, like, I mean, crush it, dude. You're playing 162 games. Like, if everybody was behind you all the time, good, bad, or ugly, I mean, you had career years every year. Right. That's what people don't understand. Like, yeah, yeah. we're all humans. Yep. Right? Nobody understands that. Like, and it's like no different than going to work in, in a sense, right? Like if you work a nine to five, like you're going to have your bad days, your off days, um, and, and you're going to have your good days, but right. it, it's different when it's the public spotlights on you. Oh yeah. You, uh, but and then it, it's funny because like, say you go to work and I go to work, my stuff's online. Like right. everybody can be like, Hey, how did he perform today? Yeah. Oh, he, he sucked the last week. <laughs> Another guy goes to work every day. And he can go home and just be like, well, I suck. The only dude that knows is maybe his boss after a month. Right, Like, right. hey, you didn't perform this <laughs> this month. Like, yeah, us is every day. Like, oh, look at this guy. He's in, he's hadn't got a hit in two games. It's two games. Like, yeah. just relax. Like, yeah. So I, you made an interesting point on, like, the two games. And in this road trip, we've seen the Cubs offense struggle with runners in scoring position. Like, how much of that is, like, it's a small sample size, right? It's like right. a few games. How much is that, like, this could be a concern going forward? I, I don't think it's a concern. I think it's just a matter about first first month of the season, you're starting to dwindle down. It, 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 you you know, you, you're starting to, like, what's this, the third road trip, second road trip, and it's third road trip, and it's just like, you're like, ah. Oh. You just need to take a deep breath, step back. One of the guys probably just needs to get up and just be like, hey, look, let's just get through this, try to – you know, get this road trip finished up on a positive note and take it into home and you can sleep in your own bed and be back home. But it's been a tough road trip. Anytime you go down to Miami and, I mean, they've, they've been playing pretty good baseball, so you get swept by them and then you kind of feel down just because the past few years Miami hasn't been right. that good, right? Right. I mean, last year they were, they were good, but other than that, you're just like, you go down to Miami, you expect to beat these teams. It's like you go into Pittsburgh, like you expect to beat those teams, like right. just because they haven't been good in the past years. And now you go in and they beat you and you're like, man, we should have beat them. Well, right. they're a pretty good team, Yeah. right? And yeah. you got guys like, you know, the unusual suspects that are getting hits and starting to blossom. Right. I got a question for you. As you know, it's me sitting in my seat, I've always wondered this. Are there any unique challenges for a hitter? facing a guy you haven't seen before and maybe hasn't even been much in the big leagues because we know there's all this video out there. We know there's scouting reports, but I feel like it's not just something with the Cubs. You see this across baseball where a guy comes up and maybe first start, you see all, all the different fan bases on Twitter, like, why haven't we hit this guy? His first day, his first outing. Like, what is that like? Um, well, I, I was telling somebody the other day, um, I was Noah, I, Noah Syndergaard made his debut against us <laughs> here at Wrigley. And that was his first strikeout because I saw Dansby struck out. And I was like, oh. But the dude was throwing at 100 miles an hour, like, coming out. Like, it's, it's, it's tough because you really, I mean, you can look at all the video you want until you get in a box and see exactly what it's doing. 
it's tough. So as a leadoff guy, I'm over here just trying to like feel this guy out, right? right. So I'll be the test dummy and try to feel him out. Like, okay, try to foul some pitches off, okay? And then I'm going back to report to whomever, hey, this dude's slider plays a lot better than it looks, whatever. His heater is, you know, flat. Like, it's, you know, it's not, it's a heavy ball. Whatever. Whatever yeah. it is, that's, 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 that was my job. I was like, the, that's, I call myself the test dummy. Hey, I'll, <laughs> hey you know, I'll, I'll Pretty go, darn good one, though. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I take, I took pride in it. it helped, yeah. my, helped my guys out, right? Yeah. So, because at the end of the day, and it helped me. Because right. my next few at-bats, I've already seen what the dude has. Like, so I got, and I, you're gonna face him more than anyone else, right? And I got, I got the upper hand. Uh, you've thrown me everything there is to throw, yeah. So I got the upper hand, and now maybe I got his pitch count up, and this dude is like, dang, is this how every how every uh, batter in the big leagues is gonna be? Yeah, right. And and you mentioned the leadoff spot, and I think that's kind of been an important thing for the Cubs this year, really since you left. The the, the leadoff spot's kind of been a revolving door, if you want to call it that. It seems like Nico Horner has kind of really taking the job and run with it. Like, what have you seen out of him in that leadoff spot? What has impressed you? Especially no, he's done a great spot? job. He's done a great job. And, I, you know, hats off to him. He, he's been he's been a, a catalyst to, to the lineup. And, um, you know, him and uh, Dan's been hitting behind him. Like, it's been, it's been great one-two punch. And, you know, if they keep that up, they'll, I mean, I, I can't see him not excelling. Right. Right? I don't, I don't think that they, you know, the bullpen woes or whatever is gonna is gonna is gonna be like this because I mean those guys got good arms and you got some veterans in the back end of the bullpen that that have been through a full season and and, and know how to handle these rides. Tim, what have you seen out of Nico in that leadoff spot so far this this season? I mean, just he's just a hitter, man. He's just a pro hitter. Like I think he's not someone who you're not gonna see him draw like you know 80 to 100 walks a year, but he still has a 350 on base percentage because he's a hitter. And I yeah. think if if you want a table setter, you know, I think a lot of times people may get caught up in the the both aspects of on base percentage. Like, are they hitting and are they getting their free passes? But if you're gonna hit as much as he does, like I don't I don't know if that. That matters as much. What matters is he's the first hitter of the game, and a lot of the times he's standing on first base when Swanson, Hap, Suzuki, and Bellinger are coming up, and that's all you can really ask for. And Boog mentioned it earlier on the broadcast, one of the, one of these past games, that sometimes with Nico Horner, a walk or a single can be a, a double or a triple, right? Because he's got that steal factor, right? right. Where he can take second, he can take third, and that's something that's really important when maybe you don't have as much slug, right, at right. the leadoff spot. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it was funny because like we're totally different. Like yeah. him and me are like, I'm, I was a totally different hitter. Like I was the one, the guy taking pitches. Like I'm taking close pitches. Like just from my strike zone, like I didn't really feel like I could hit anything outside the zone. Sure. So <laughs> right. So yeah. like I'm trying to do damage. Like right. I, what I'm gonna do with a pitch outside the zone? He he can hit balls outside the zone. Right. But at the end of the day. I didn't really feel like I needed to steal bases because I had the guys behind me. Like, hey, look, why am I steal base and potentially get thrown out? Because I mean, the rules have changed. Like, right. throwing over, like guys would throw over three or four times, but I got like Riz, KB, Schwartz. Like, I'm like, these dudes are gonna put the ball in the stands. I don't put the ball in the gap. I'm already in scoring position yeah. at first. Yeah, right. Exactly. They hit a ball in the gap, or they hit a ball down the line, and I'm scoring. It's, and that's no problem. It saves you some some running too. Right? Yeah, it saved my it did save my legs. It saved my legs a lot. Like Nico's playing second base, I'm playing center field, running all over the place. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Yeah. But we we touched a little bit on Dansby. Like, what have I mean? Early on, there the, there was a lot of walks. There was a lot of getting on base. What have you seen from him in in this first month and a half or so, or month and few days? 
um, that that's really impressed you in Dan's view. I like he he uses the whole field. Sure. He uses the whole field. Whether it's you know he he realizes the situation. That's what a veteran does. He he, he realizes the situation. I got to remove a guy over. I got this this they got me over here shifted a little bit. I got this hole right here. I'm just gonna hit that hole. He doesn't try to do too much, which I love. Well, is that like okay, so like. So they always mention it, right? Like, oh, he just took what the pitcher gave him and hit it the other way. But to me, that's something that, like, Tim asks something similar. But, like, that just seems, like, easier said than done. Like, what? Like, how is he able to do that so efficiently? Practice? Sure. I mean, you work on stuff like that. Like, yeah. as like you go to BP and it's like, hey, like, moving a guy over. I'm going to yeah. try and move him over here. Or, like, you work on stuff like that and it's – it's intentional practice, right? It's not just going out there like, oh, I'm just going to move him over. Like, it's really like, oh, I'm going to get a pitch to hit so I can move him over. I have it. You can tell by a foul ball, like, this guy, like, he could have easily pulled that ball, but he tries to stay inside of it. Like, that's yeah. giving itself up, but the game will reward you for that. Yeah. What Tim, what have you seen out of Dansby this month, first month of the season? Well, I mean, defensively, I think we knew his pedigree and his accolades, but he's so smooth over there, man. Wow. Like, the, just plays that look like they might be a, a tough one or in the hole. He's just so smooth just on the backhand. Maybe he'll slide. I think we saw one of those plays in Washington this week where gets up quick, fires it across. Uh, at the plate, though, I mean, his walk, he's walking a lot, right? He's almost doubled yeah. his career walk rate. His strikeouts, he, he's someone who uh, I think entering the year is around 24 career percent, 25 percent. He's around 21 percent right now. And, uh, I think you want to see, you will see more power from him than you've seen so far, but I like the approach overall where he's still hitting, he's drawing the free passes, and with his track record, you know the slug's going to come. I think the walks uh, have to do with Nico being on base and stealing bases. Like, you got a base open. Like, I'd rather, like, try to get a double play than, like, I mean, a guy in scoring position, this guy can get a hit and, you know, score a run. But right. I think that's a lot to do with it. I, I think if... You know the base wasn't open, he wouldn't be walking. They would try to get ground balls and do all that stuff. Like, what's yeah. a, what's a base hit if a guy's on first base, right? Was there any worry for you? Like, I mean, it's kind of a big deal when he hit his first home run because it took him a while, and then he hit a second. Like, was that a concern to you at all that he hadn't uh, hit on? Like, I, I guess historically he's been like that. Somebody told me the other day, like last year when he hit twenty five, he the first month he had maybe one. Yeah. So there's no worry for you. Nah, there's no worry. Yeah. I don't know if he'll hit twenty five. Right. But, yeah, I mean, maybe there's there's been some there's some summer days in Wrigley where there is, but I mean, in Atlanta it was a like I played in Atlanta and it was I was like, it wasn't Turner Field. Turner, <laughs> Turner Field was hard to hit on. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the like the new stadium, it's on Windy Hill. Right. Like it's the third highest elevation that there is in baseball. Yeah. Which people don't know. That's a good point. So there's going to be some more. There's yeah, be some I mean, more I mean you're flicking balls out. Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I don't know if he'll hit 25, but I think he'll hit some. He'll hit, he'll hit some homers. So. And, and then, as we look ahead towards May, and we mentioned this this stretch that they're on, but it doesn't get any easier. If you look at their May schedule, they've got they're in the midst of 16 games in a row right now, and then they go they play St. Louis at home, then at Minnesota, at Houston, at Philly, and then they host the the Mets and Rays to end the month. So it's like. It's, it's a tough stretch from from May. Like, what do they have to do to kind of manage to kind of weather that storm that that, that impending storm that's coming? Um, I you know that has to do with a lot with um, you know, just picking up your teammates. Like yeah. literally, like yeah, I mean, guys need days off. Like, um, you can see the bullpen's kind of taxed. That that has to do with wins and losses. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're playing 16 in a row. I think the the you can only play 19 or I don't know. I think that 
when I was playing, it was like 19 games in a yeah. row, and then you you had to, it was a mandatory day off. Right. But uh, yeah, 16 in a row will do it. Like it, it's just a matter about Rossi getting the guys in and out, getting breaks, and it's early in the year. Like that's what uh, that's what I think Rossi will start doing, like giving guys days and and having other guys jump in and ready to plug and play. Tim, what what do you think needs to happen here in these these next few weeks where it's it's, it's a brutal stretch? You gotta have to pitch, man. I mean, I know the Cardinals are having a, a rough start, but look at their lineup with Goldschmidt, Arenado, Contreras, etc. Um, the Astros, we know what they can do. We know what the Phillies lineup looks like. I think the Mets have kind of had an uneven start, but you know how deep that is. And then the Rays, I think the Rays are only the second team since like the 2000 Cardinals to hit 60 plus home runs through their first 20 odd number of games. Yeah, or the something. Rays are a problem. They are a problem. They're a problem. They, they can hit the ball out of the park. I was covering them for MLB.com over the weekend, and, man, like, they said it, and I, I witnessed it. Like, when they don't feel like when they're down, they're ever out, and they showed that with a, a couple of rallies, even one after being no hit for six innings. So you're going to have to pitch. Um, I, that road trip's going to be – that's why I looked at it on the schedule. I said that's going to be yeah. a, the gauntlet. I like mean, that's all playoff through. teams, right, yeah. or at least, like, Minnesota's contending to be in the playoffs. Houston, Minnesota's good. Tiers, yeah, um, Houston's good. Philly's good. Phillies are good. And then the Mets and Rays to end it. Like it's like you think you're coming home and like oh maybe no like it gets even tougher. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, gonna be it's gonna be a good one. And a lot of these teams too. Like I don't know if this has to do with like the new schedule or just April slow starts, but a lot of these teams have kind of been you know around 500 in the early going, and they're probably they're all kind of in the same boat where you know they're 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 kind of figuring it out still and looking to get going. And I'm not saying that the Cubs is the opportunity for them to get going, but they're going to come in. Everyone has urgency, I want to say, of all these teams, the Cubs included, which is going to make it, I think, more uh, competitive games than perhaps it otherwise could be. Well, I think the schedule is like, I mean, you're playing everybody now. Yeah. Like, you're not just beating up on Cincinnati or beating up <laughs> yeah. on when Pittsburgh was terrible. Like, you're not just beating up on those teams for – three more like before you start playing other teams yeah. it's like all right like you jumping right in the fire like right. hey these all these teams like right oh, i gotta play this guy one time i gotta play these guys one time i gotta play these guys one time and they're all like is even like in the national league west like yeah. nls like it's like you know the rockies like everybody's beating up on the rockies diamondbacks and and San Francisco for a little bit, and the Dodgers and San Diego were just getting all those wins like right. that, but now they're going over and they're playing. And Arizona's the, a lot better this year. Like Right, but you're playing like the AL teams yeah. too, so you got to go play Boston. you got to yeah. go play New York, like yeah. those teams. And it's just like, okay, Tampa, yeah. Toronto. And like the East is like, I don't know what the East record is. Like the Yankees are in last place. Yeah, exactly. And, and then there's, there, I mean, Brian Cashman like had that whole speech uh, on Wednesday about like, you know, blame me and like the, like the, it's it's – it's very tense times for the Yankees. It, but it's crazy. It's just crazy in general. Like, you, you can't pick on teams anymore. Yeah. Like, you can't just pick on. So the teams that you have to beat, you have to beat them yeah. to get those wins. I think everybody's win total go down. 18 teams right now are 500 or better, including all the AL East, like you're saying. Yeah. That's, that's, that, seems, that seems like an anomaly to me from past seasons. I mean, that just shows the parody right now going on, at least early on. Um, Dex, I really want to ask you this because, you know, as we mentioned, the, the Cubs play the Cardinals here coming up. Wilson Contreras makes his first trip back to Chicago as a Cardinal. It's not many people that have done that recently, but you are one of those. What can Wilson expect when he comes back to, to Wrigley Field? Uh, he'll get a standing ovation. <laughs> he won a championship here. Yeah. He won a championship here. Um, 
you know, I, I think it'll be. I'm gonna get my popcorn. I don't want to see what it what, it, what it's gonna be like. I don't, I don't, I don't have a clue what's gonna happen. But I mean, I know he has something to prove. Yeah, he's gonna be out there, and I know how Wilson is. He's an intense guy. I, I know he's gonna be out there trying to trying to prove like I should have been here. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean, it's gonna be must see TV. Yeah, I was looking at. I mean, it's it's still early. There's there's some rain in the forecast, so hopefully that can. Stay away at least for a couple of days, but cool us off, cool him off a little bit, or, or that, or that, yeah. So that because he's gonna be hot, he's yeah, gonna be mad, he's gonna be intense, like yeah, yeah. I know everybody, we all know how Wilson is. Wilson's yeah. intense, right? Yeah. So I mean, it's it's a it's a interesting series. I mean that, but like to that point too, like we talked about how much they're struggling, but it's also like an opportunity. Like they they may be looking at it like as an opportunity, like hey, like this is. I know Wilson is. Yeah, exactly. But even in like the like the Cardinals, like the Cardinals, even when they play, like they get up for right. Cubs Cardinals, like right. as we did when we played the with the Cardinals. You could be winless, but it's still yeah. You're going to get up for it. So that's sure. a, that's a jolt of energy right there. Like both sides. I've been mean, on both sides, and both teams get up for it. Yeah. Wilson Contreras, by the way, last 15 games, he's in 346, 426 on base, 577 slugging. And you know why? Because he has that circle. Oh, Chicago! <laughs> I gotta be hot before I get in there. Yeah, exactly, yeah. you can't be you can't be going yeah. over fifteen yeah, years right? against your former team. Right. Um. So it, it's been it's been a it's been an interesting month, Dax, as we go into May and 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 so the rest of the season. Like, what's the one area for the Cubs that you're going to be looking at? Um. To to see if they they can contain that or continue the hot start that they had in April. Um. I would say starting pitching. Yeah. Starting pitching stays right there. They're, they they're gonna keep them in games. The the hitting's gonna be up and down at all times. Like that's yeah. just how it goes. Whether you're the best hitting team in the nation, like there's gonna be days, weeks that you're just gonna yeah. be like, hey, look, we can score like three or four runs, two or three runs. And if the starting pitching stays right there, they'll be in good shape. Yeah, Tim, what are you looking for for the Cubs in, in May? Like, what's gonna be the the tell factor that? They can they can continue on what they did in April. I don't know about a tell factor, but like the bullpen, you know, I, I think the bullpen is one area that's kind of had some hiccups. Like you know, 18th in ERA in March and April, they're second in strikeout rate, but they're 28th in walk rate. So like, I think there's been a lot of good in the bullpen, but there's also been some some things in there where you want to see it kind of get more straightened out. And obviously, that's just one element of this team. Yeah. Um, but that's one area I kind of I've focused on that. You know, you want to see more from, I think. For me, like, the one thing I'm going to be looking at is the offense in terms of, like, the, the reason that the this road trip hasn't been a total, like, red alert in terms of what I've seen out of the Cubs is because there's they've been in every game and the offense has gotten those guys on base. I'm not a big believer in, like, the whole clutch thing, right? Like, eventually you'll get your hits. Um so I'm not too worried about that, but it's more. It would be more concerning. I will tell you that is a thing. It is a thing. So yeah, it okay. Then I'll trust you more than I will trust myself. I don't know clutch factor, but I know like, like guys like, there's some guys that just can hit. When yeah. It's, when it, times on when the game's on the line, and there's just some guys that can't. Right. That off game seven of the World Series with a home run. By the way, there's some guys can do it. Some guys can't. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a really good point. But no, like what what I'm saying is like eventually they'll start getting those hits in with guys in running in scoring position, right? Like whether if it's going to be like one guy every time, I'm not like I'm not convinced it'll be one guy every time. But my belief is that they'll eventually start getting those knocks when when they need to, even if it's not coming right now. Yeah, at the end of the day, it, being in that situation, I remember we couldn't get some. Sometimes we couldn't get runners in, but. You got to focus on the process. Like, instead of trying to get the guy in, let's just try to take a good at bat. Yeah. Let's just try to do it. And all that will, will carry over. Maybe you'll get a walk. 
yeah. you pass the baton to the next guy. And then this guy, then the pitcher's like, oh, man, I, I, I thought I had that guy. Guy took a good at bat. And then he throws something over play, and that guy gets a hit. So you're trying to, like, instead of everybody just trying to just put pressure on themselves, let's try to alleviate pressures on everybody else yeah. by taking good at bats, by, you know, trying to move guys over. So maybe running bases, going first to third, maybe. So the next guy, all he has to do is put the ball in the outfield or yeah. put the ball in play, right, right? right? So then at the end of the day, you're scoring runs and you're not doing having to do too much to do it. Sure. Yeah, great point, Dex. Thank you so much for joining us on the Cubs Weekly Podcast. It's been a blast. Tim, thank you for joining us as well. That'll do it for this edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe on the pod to the pod on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and YouTube. Make sure to check out Dex on Cubs Live and Cubs Post Game Live all season long. We've got you covered on Marquee Sports Network. Thank you for listening. For Dex, for Tim, I'm Andy. Thanks for listening.